Before we start the show, we'd like to remind our audio listeners that this show was developed as a video podcast. If you'd like to see any of the visuals that are referenced in this episode, we invite you to check out our YouTube channel. Simply search for the Conquer Risk podcast. You'll see all the shows we produce, including this one. And just like the audio, you can subscribe to be notified the moment a new episode drops. Enjoy the show. From Research by Potomac and the Conquer Risk Podcast, this is Who Charted. Welcome back, everybody, to the next episode of Who Charted. With me, as always, is Manish Kata. We're going to run through six charts, call them out, bullish or bearish. Uh, Manish, what do you got for us first up? Sell in May and go away. You hear this a lot all over social, mainly from newsletter writers who have never managed a dollar in their life. What do you think? Is it time to sell everything in the cash? I think this is neutral. I think that sell in May and go away is one of the most misrepresented terms on the street. Now, yes, the next six months tend to underperform relative to the best six months. But that doesn't simply mean sell in May and go away. I mean, imagine taking your client's money and just saying, all right, we're going to sit in cash now for the next six months. But not going to happen. On its own, neutral, has to be taken in the context of the existing trend within the market, breath metrics across the market, intermarket relationships. On its own, neutral, overblown, poor headlines and headlines only. I've seen a handful of managers that have tried to implement this strategy as a product and they are now uh, all out of business. For I mean, generally means. speaking, in that six month time frame, the market is still up. It's just not up as much as the best six months. So implement that as a product. Good luck to you. Good luck. Next up, we have international versus global. You and I talk about our momentum baskets a lot internally. One of the things that have popped up is the fact that international has been a huge drag on performance going back 20 some odd years. It's tempting to start removing these from our baskets because of of the performance drag. Um, What do you got on this? Uh, I think this is a bullish development for global markets. For the first time in at least 15 years, maybe 20 years, uh, exiting or not exiting the U.S., but looking outside the U.S. for investment opportunities appears to be making sense. Uh, About a week and a half ago, I was at the CMT's annual symposium, and a lot of the side conversations that I was having centered on, for the first time in a long time, there's a legitimate reason to be looking at markets outside of the U.S. So if we're looking at international against global, global obviously includes the U.S., That line has been trending lower for at least 15 years. Looks like it's starting to make the turn. Interestingly, uh, there was a momentum divergence back in November, October, November. Uh, Momentum has not been oversold since. So I think for the first time in a long time, uh, looking at exposures outside of the U.S. makes sense. I think this is a bullish development. And arguably, I would say most U.S. investors are probably not prepared for it. I mean, the home country bias is well documented. You, the United States is about 25, 26% global GDP, but I would argue or I would bet that in most investor portfolios here in the US, your US exposure is probably 70% plus. So uh, bullish development for opportunities outside the US. And yeah, most people are, are not prepared because of the past 10 or 20 years has, uh, you know, they, they've been proven right to overweight US. Yeah, so there'll, be, there'll probably be a slow 
to change their minds as most people usually are. Got it. Up next, we have a classic intermarket analysis chart, copper versus gold. If you want to learn about intermarket analysis, in my opinion, you got to start with the legendary John Murphy and uh, a number of his books. What's going on with copper and gold? John Murphy's books are required reading to get your CMT designation, by the way. Copper, gold. Uh, I always joke that this is the chart that allows me to play an economist on TV. I have no interest in being an economist. No offense to economists, just not my thing. Uh, but this chart allows me to be an economist without actually being an economist. Copper, an industrial metal. Gold, a precious metal. If things are going well uh, in the global economy, you would expect to see copper outperforming gold. I mean, I always joke around, just rip apart, rip apart your house and look at how much copper is on, inside those walls. Um, the fact that this is breaking down, has been trending lower for a while, uh, is a bearish development for global economic growth. Uh, made even more bearish by the fact that the Federal Reserve continues to raise rates into a slowing economic environment. So bearish development here from an intermarket perspective, as far as I'm consoled, concerned, right? When the safety asset is outperforming, you want to sit up and take notice. Gold bugs that happen the time of their life. Uh, they, they, get, they get to party once every 20 years, so let them have their day. Next up is a chart on uh, growth versus value. If you're looking at fundamentals, this is a great example of the quote that's on our website, men lie, women lie, charts don't. What do you got here? You know, and I also think this is an extension of the previous chart. I think that this is a bullish development for growth investors. Uh, whether or not that's bullish for the overall market is hard to say. The big growth companies uh, tend to be the largest weights. So from a cap weighted basis, this is probably bullish. Uh, but I think it's an extension of the previous chart. If the Fed is hiking into a slowing growth environment, and in a, if we are in a slowing growth environment, which is what the intermarket themes are telling us, it stands to reason that people will pay up or pay a premium to own the companies that actually are growing. Now, value has had a moment uh, for the past couple of years, but we are on the cusp of a change of trend here. Uh, the, the rate of change at the bottom, the 63 day rate of change, so roughly one quarter is on the verge of going positive. And I think that if that goes positive, it's an added tailwind for growth investors over value investors. I know value investors, you know, have kind of had a hard time for 10 years. Now they've been partying for two years. I'm sure they wish it was a little bit more, but it doesn't appear to be that way. Next up, we have inversion, invert, uninvert, steepen, re-steepen. I lose track of what's what. However, uh, what uh, limited economic knowledge I do have is that generally recessions start after the curve re-steepens. What you got here? All right. So agreed. This is bearish. Uh, uninversion is the word that we made up recently. And this is the first of the curves that, that we keep an eye on. Uh, that has uninverted. Uh, this is the uh, the 10 year, five year, so it's the belly of the curve. Most people are paying attention to the 10 year, two year, or the 10 year, three month. Those are still inverted, that's fine. But this is the first of the curves to uninvert. And as you mentioned, and we've alluded to in the past, recessions tend to start shortly after the uninversion, right? So if we look at intermarket relationships across com uh, commodity markets, pointing to a slowdown, now you have this uninversion, Saber's probably closer to a recession than um, than we have been in the past. Bearish, uh, bearish here. Bearish. All right, next up, we have a trigger alert for Doomsday Dan. 
Uh, breath is terrible. This is what people saying. I'm quoting people. Breath is terrible, and all you have to do is look at the uh, relative chart of S&P equal weight to the S&P 500. Uh, since I know you're already uh, uh, steam's coming out of your ears right now from this chart, what do you got? All right, I what I have here is that this is not a breath chart, right? I think that on its own, it doesn't tell you much other than the largest stocks are doing better than the average stock. Now, what I would argue from a breadth standpoint is if a lot of stocks are going up and the largest stocks are outperforming, right? This line will still go down. Uh, so is that a is that a bearish development from a breadth standpoint? No, right? So I think you have to take your analysis further. I think that people who use this on its own uh, as a breath metric are doing lazy analysis or not even analysis at all. It's just a joke. Uh, so I'm bearish on the people who use this on its own as a breath metric. Um, on its own, it's neutral. You need more data points. You should probably overlay this with an advanced decline line to get a sense for the number of stocks that are actually moving up or down. So as a technical tool uh, in its current state, let's call it neutral. If you're using this as a breath tool, I'm bearish on you. I agree. It's lazy. It's lazy work. All right. That'll do it for Who Charted. Thank you, Dan. Check us out on YouTube. We got to get those views up. Smash the like button. Leave a comment. Tell us how you like our hairdos for the week and catch us in a couple weeks. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Potomac Fund Management is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This information is prepared for general information only and should not be considered as individual investment advice, nor as a solicitation to buy or offer to sell any security. This material does not constitute any representation as to the suitability or appropriateness of any investment advisory program or security. Please visit our disclosure page, potomacfund.com slash disclosures, for more information. Potomac does not make any representation or warranties as to the accuracy, timeliness, suitability, completeness, or relevance of any information prepared by any unaffiliated third party, whether linked to the Potomac website or incorporated herein, and takes no responsibility for any of this information. The views of Potomac are subject to change, and Potomac is under no obligation to notify you of any changes. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that the future performance of any specific investment or investment strategy will be profitable or equal to any historical performance.